It's Wednesday, July 21st, and you've got Oz in your ears. I'm Yeri Jero, the host of America's world-class web game, Empire Jeopardy! Today's contestants, he's a vertical urban farmer from battered Washington. Meet Jack Browndart. How's it going, Jack? It's growing, Mr. Jero. Up and up and up. He's the commander of former intelligence in Syncom Dread Sand AFPAC in Hintsville, Arkansas. Meet Lieutenant Colonel Butter Braunschweig. Colonel, what is Syncom Dread Sand AFPAC? Well, it wasn't in long enough to find that out, Yuri. She's a loan denier for Windjammer Gogol in Jockey Shorts, Illinois. Meet Swendaloo Zimmer. Working hard, Swendaloo? Saying no is becoming a real growth business, Mr. Joe. Well, the rules are as simple as our contestants. Win two and we talk. Lose two and you walk. Tie and you try again next time. Here we go. 221,943,567. What's a number large enough to confuse people? Uh, what is the cost of a B1 stealth fuselage? What is the number of barrels of oil that BP has spilled into the Gulf as of an hour ago? One for you, Jack. I see you stay on top of things. Okay, here we go again. Hiding billions of dollars of debt by not selling what you don't want until you get it back. What is window dressing? That was fast, Swindaloo. Easy. I used to date one of the Lehman brothers when I worked at B of A. Well, we're down to it now. Swindaloo and Jack, maybe we talk. But a Braunschweig, maybe you walk. Yeah. Here it is. Red Cloak for breakfast. What's the latest gluten-free diet? What is taking an early meeting with the Cardinal? What is the Hopi symbol of the cataclysmic purification of America? Bingo! <laughs> yeah, we talked about it all the time at Dread Sand. Well, you get to talk some more about it because you tied it up and you'll all be back next time on Empire Jeopardy! I'll bring a PowerPoint with me. Mmm, July, summer of 2010. A good time for Radio Free Oz. You're up on RadioFreeOz.com or something like it. I'm your host, Peter Bergman. Our co-host, David Osmond. Hey, Pete, you know, I felt uh, just just when you said that summertime thing, I, I kind of went the Mobius strip of time backward to the end of of an Oz show, and and that feeling of of going going home to your summer little cabin, getting drunk. But this is just the beginning of the show, so I, I don't want to give away the end of the show. No, never give uh, it away. And you're uh-uh. so deep, you with your Mobius strips going in both directions oh, at the yeah. same time. Well, it's time, you know, it's time. So, somebody came out the other day and said there was no such thing as gravity. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That, that's yeah. a weighty statement. Uh, you know, by the way, in Mobius Strip, you can do <laughs> yeah. the Mobius Strip now on national television without uh, the FCC suing you. Is that right? Yeah, it's no longer considered obscene to be naked or smart. Uh, it's where our government, man, they know, they know exactly what the right regulations are. No kidding. Some of the best analysis on the American economy, in fact, some of the best analysis on a lot of the major issues facing us now in this tipping point world, come off the blogs. 
And here's a blog called Baseline Scenario, written by a man named Simon Johnson. And I'm going to read you one of his blog entries. I hate the word blog anyway. It sounds to me like that movie where this thing kind of takes over the village. Well, yeah, blogging is kind of taking over the global village. And then some of the people that respond. So this is not the nattering nabobs of television. This is just actual people. Uh, So Simon Johnson says, without a narrative... How can anyone make sense of the past 18 months? Is there no explanation for why the economy has become such a difficult place for so many people? How do we go from apparent prosperity in 2007 to the deepest recession of the past 50 years? And how are we going to get the jobs back? He says, blaming things on the Republicans in some vague sense, e.g. tax cuts, that also doesn't make much sense to people. If you want to get partisan, you have to connect the dots in a convincing manner. Otherwise, people will rightly tune out. But the issue may be deeper or higher up in the administration. It is entirely possible, based on what we are seeing and hearing now, that members of the political wing of the White House don't really understand what happened, that the big banks blew themselves up, and why they are now so powerless to do anything about it. I mean, after being rescued, the banks fought hard to block effective change, and to some degree have succeeded. The credit system remains fundamentally damaged and unfixed. This determines expectations for the future in many ways and slows the recovery of jobs. So here comes a blogger's response or addition, okay? And this, here's what it says. It says that in In 1933, Hoover and Roosevelt knew the cause of the crash. It was tax policy leading to wealth concentration. Hoover raised the marginal tax rate to 65%, and Roosevelt raised it further to 90%, where it stayed until the 1960s. This is the marginal rate. If you're earning, like, tons and tons and tons of cash, you pay 90% back to the Commonwealth, okay? That's how it is in most of the European countries, okay? And this held until the 1960s. And this led to a great middle class prosperity, a stable middle class, and American power until the, you know, through the entire century until Ronald Reagan rode up on his horse and reversed all this with the so-called Tax Reform Act of 1986. Bush further lowered the marginal rate to 25% where it stood in 1929. And this is what the Republicans are fighting for right now. Keep it at 25%. We now have, like Mexico and some other small, or shall we say third world countries or two and a half world countries, wealth concentration and no money for consumer demand in a vicious cycle. And here's what another blogger chimes in. I think this is good thinking. And and the only way you can get this, I guess, is what I call trolling the woe, going out there and finding out what people feel and think and experience in these most amazing and in many ways difficult times. We must refute the knee-jerk talking points with real, legitimate, straightforward facts, starting with the fact that the new numbers out there today show it is even harder to find a job as job retraction has increased not decreased. Senator Kyle et al. who say the unemployed are merely slackers who are parasites on the arse of the real producers need to be proven to be the liars they are, and not by shouting them down, but by using solid evidence of our argument. It's true. We have to get away from all of this partisan bickering and shouting and screaming and, you know, bitch fighting. We've got to get down to real hard facts. The real problem is, is that few people have the capacity to get it and few people are listening. 
Remember in the days of Nazi Germany, Dave, when there was like a block captain called a Gauleiter, like on every block in the neighborhood, the, the person that made sure everybody else was watching everybody else and turning everybody else in. And in Moscow or in, in communist Russia, you had the political commissars. You always had somebody on the block looking, mm-hmm, looking, sneaking. Mm-hmm. Well, there's scary news out no. of Utah. An anonymous group in Utah has leaked the personal info of 1,300 people it says are illegal immigrants. The list was sent to local media and state agencies and included a demand that all persons on it be deported immediately. According to the Salt Lake Tribune, the list included 31 social security numbers, the names and dates of birth of 201 children, and the due dates of six pregnant women, almost every surname is Latino. Now, wait a minute. Now, now, if they found the Social Security numbers, yeah. are, are, are they then saying these are fake? Probably, yes. Uh-huh. They probably aren't saying anything at all. They're probably saying these people look like illegals to me. I live on a street in Salt Lake where everybody is white, and I saw this person walking down the street, so they must be illegal. That's part of the brain well, I, Yeah, you'd, I guess you could go around and sort of do a, be a census person and uh, hang out on the street corners where guys are looking for work and where the Takaria truck is, and you could hang out and sort of ask them, you know, uh, whether they're legal or illegal or not. And if they're not, not you put them in this little list and you turn them in anonymously. Yeah, yeah Well, yeah. you know, in, in well, Germany, Only in Utah. Wait a minute. <laughs> it's, about, it's, yeah. about, it's about deporting or, or doing away with the not-me. In Germany, mm-hmm. the not-me was the Jew. In, in, in Russia, the not-me was the person who was uh, out of touch with history, the anti-Bolshevik, the reactionary, the, um, you know, the person trying to um, uh, destroy the system, the wrecker. Right yeah. Now yeah. it's basically the Latino. That's all you got to be is kind of brown and not you know not be driving around in a million dollar car and and you're suspect. Well, what's scary is where all this personal information might have come from. And I suppose since this uh, this letter was sent to all kinds of news media, it went to NPR, and I mean nobody is going to sit down and publish this stuff or read these these things in the first place. <laughs> you can't. Because uh, it's all personal information. Nobody should. It shouldn't be out there for anyone to see. The due dates of six pregnant women. What do they want to do with those mm. six pregnant women? Get them across the border before they have their anchor babies? Sure. Because otherwise, you know, you have to pay all these people. Well, as welfare. And my gosh, there's a, excuse me. I mean, the, the, the payments are going up and up and up. And my household insurance is costing me more.